Hello, I'm Kristen Marchand, and this is the Apiango Line, the podcast where we celebrate the local culture and unique heritage of the Upper Madawaska and Apiango River Valleys. Joining us are Kathy Chapesky, Graham Conway, Rob Filipkowski, Brian and Carol Peterson, and Mark Wormke, all members of the Apiango Readers Theatre. They are here today to pay particular attention to Scottish culture and its deep local roots that go back to the early days of the 19th century, a time when lumber kings once roamed our Madawaska Highlands and had names like Daniel McLaughlin, the son of a Highland Scot, and who began taking rafts of white pine down the Ottawa in the 1830s, or those master slide builders of the Madawaska, James Skeed and his brother Robert, who first set up shop at Bark Lake in the winter of 1840. Though the Skeeds had come to Canada from northern England, their real ancestral roots were deep in the Scottish countryside. And certainly the McLaughlin and Skeed clans would know a thing or two about that traditional night of celebration to honour not only Scotland's most famous poet, but undoubtedly one of the great wordsmiths the world has ever known, Robbie Barnes. Who hasn't heard Auld Lang Syne, made famous around the world by Gal Lombardo and his Royal Canadians? And who hasn't heard of, or maybe even attended, one of those famous Burns dinners celebrated every January 25th, complete with haggis and bagpipes, tartans and single malt whiskey, highland dancers and boisterous recitations of Burns's famous works, too numerous, to ever attempt to cram into just one night. Now, we don't have any haggis or single malt to hand out for you today, at least not any that we're willing to share, but we do have the Apiango Readers Theatre standing by with more than a few of Robert Burns's best works. First, though a bit about the poet himself. He was born, you guessed it, on January 25th in 1759, but sadly died on the 21st of July, 1796, still a young man of only 37. Known far and wide as Robbie Burns, Robert Burns has often been called Scotland's national bard, the bard of Ayrshire, or more simply, the plowman's poet, given that he was an actual farmer. All of his poems are in English, though some use a light to heavy Scottish dialect that many English speakers can sometimes understand. He also wrote a lot of his poetry in normal English, and though he is more remembered for his amorous verse and nature poetry, he's also very good when he works up passing political commentary about the emerging ideals of the Enlightenment. Still, part of the joy of Burns is that wild and woolly Scottish dialect. So before you go off complaining that none of the readings you're about to hear sound anything like Sean Connery, Annie Lennox, Billy Conley, or Sheena Easton, or even James McAvoy, Muriel Spark, or Ewan McGregor, all great Scots though they may be, and who should need no introduction. But we'd like to remind you, those modern Scots became famous mostly doing their thing for mostly American audiences, who may or may not have known how a great 18th century Scot actually spoke English. Well, you're in for a treat. We've got some real English words written by that great Scot Robbie Burns, and we've got more than a few very talented performers who are bound to make you feel the very fiber and tartan fabric of his words without perhaps thinking you're listening to the Queen's own English. Well, okay, maybe that's taking it a tad too far. It might take you a wee bit of time to tune your ear to Robbie Burns's English, but we here in the Valley have 
always had a soft spot for people who mangle, uh, speak English, with a certain joie de vivre, or at the very least in the way that old Dougal MacIsaac, a very famous local Scottish fiddler who once lived in Barry's Bay, used to speak English. Those of us who knew him loved his soft lilt or whispered brogue, or whatever intonation it was. More of a whisper, really. But then again, he wasn't a man of many words. He let his Cape Breton fiddle do most of the talking. Finally, for those of you living under a rock these past 225 and some years, Robbie Burns is not so much remembered today because he was famous back then. Rather, he's famous today because he still has such a unique way of expressing himself about things that really matter. Put another way, he was the Seinfeld of his day, making poetry out of nothing, in the same way that Jerry Seinfeld once produced a television show for ten long years that he often said was really about nothing. It doesn't matter what happens in a Burns poem. He might start by seeing a louse on a woman's hat, a mouse in a field he was plowing, or he could simply be sitting on a bank watching the water flow down his beloved Afton or Dune rivers, or he might pass a garden and see a rose, or be walking home after day's work through a field of rye. It was all poetry to him. That's not to say he took things as they came, or even that lightly, though he does have a wicked sense of humor. No, he could be serious, sometimes profane, and sometimes even melancholy, stung by the memories of friends long gone. He saw the stuff of life and saw it for the wild mountain times that not only happened in his Scottish highlands, but he saw life in a way that many of us here in our own Madawaska highlands also see it, even if it sometimes takes a great Scot of Robbie Burns' genius to nudge us into seeing it. But it's time now to let loose with those prodigious syllables of Robbie Burns. Here's Graham Conway with To a Louse on Seeing One in a Lady's Bonnet. and fairly. Your impudence protects you, certainly. I cannot say, but ye strunt rarely or gauze and lace. Though faith, I fear ye dine but sparely on sick a place. Ye ugly, creeping, blasted oneer, detested, shunned by sight and sinner, how dare ye set your feet upon her, say fine a lady. Get someone else and seek your dinner on some poor body. Swift, in some beggar's half-it squattle. There you may creep and sprawl and sprattle with either kindred jumping cattle in shoals and nations where horn or bay ne'er dar unsettle your thick plantations. <gasps> now, hold you there. You're out of sight below the fatrels snug and tight. Ah, faith, you yet you'll not be right till you've got on it. The very topmost towering height of Mrs. Bonnet. My sooth, right bold you set your nose out, as plump and grey as any grosset. Oh, for some rank mercurial roset, or fell red smudum. I'd gee you sick a hearty dose that would dress your brudum. I wouldn't have been surprised to spy you in an old wife's flaming toy, or able in some bit dubby boy on wily coat. But Mrs. Fine Lunardi, Fie! How dare you do it? Oh, Jeanie, dinna toss your head 
and set your beauties ah abread. You little ken what cursed speed the blast he's making. They winks and finger ends I dread are notice taken. Oh, would some power the gifty gie us to see ourselves as either see us. It would from money a blunder free us. And foolish notion. What airs in dress and gait would lee us, and even devotion. Burns was also a man of the Enlightenment, and that meant he was very much a supporter of Scottish nationalism. To this day, almost every Scot knows by heart the following poem read by Rob Filipkowski, Scots Waha. Scots, wahe where Wallace bled. Scots, when Bruce has often led. Welcome to your gory bed, or to victory. Now's the day, and now's the hour. See the front of battle lower. See approach proud Edward's power. Chains and slavery. What will be a traitor knave? What can fill a coward's grave? What say bases be a slave? Let him turn and flee. What for Scotland's king and law? Freedom's sword will strongly draw. Free man stand or free man fall. Let him follow me. By oppression's woes and pains, by your sons in servile chains, we will drain our dearest veins, but they shall be free. Lay the proud usurpers low. Tyrants fall in every foe. Liberties in every blow. Let us do or die. For all that political bluster, Burns perhaps is best known for his amorous poetry. Here's Carol Peterson with A Fond Kiss. A Fond Kiss and Then We Sever a farewell and then forever. Deep in heart-wrung tears I'll pledge thee. War and sighs and groans I'll wage thee. Who shall say that fortune grieves him while the star of hope she leaves him? Me, nay cheerful twinkle lights me. Dark despair around benights me. I'll ne'er blame my partial fancy. For nothing could resist my Nancy. But to see her was to love her, love but her and love forever. Had we never loved so kindly, had we never loved so blindly, nor never met, nor never parted, we had ne'er been broken-hearted. Fare thee weel, thou first and fairest, fare thee weel, thou best and dearest. Thine be elke joy and treasure, peace, enjoyment, love and pleasure. A fond kiss, and then we sever. A farewell, alas, forever. Deep in heart-wrung tears I'll pledge thee. War and sighs and groans I'll wage thee. Then again, Burns never let a good opportunity pass, and what better opportunity than having some fun with the disgust even many Scots have towards their national dish. Here once again is Graham Conway with Burns's Address to a Haggis. 
Fair fay, your honest sonsy face, great chieftain of a pudding race, a boon am I at take your place, pinch, cry, poor thern. Weel are you worthy of a grace as lang's me arm. The groaning trencher there ye fill, your hurdies like a distant hill, your pin was helped to mend a mill in time o' need. While through your pores the dews distill like amber bead. His knife see rustic labour dight, and cut you up with ready slight, trenching your gushing entrails bright like ony ditch. And then, oh, what a glorious sight! Warm, reek, and rich. Then, horn for horn, they stretch and strive. They'll take the hindmost! On they drive, till all their wheel-swalled kites belive are bent like drums. Then old guidemen, maist like to rive, bethink it, Tums. Is there that or is French ragu, or oleo that would staw a sow, or fricassee would make her spit? You with perfect sconer looks down with sneering, scornful view on sech a dinner. Poor devil, see him o'er his trash, as feckless as withered rash. His spindle shank a good whiplash, his neve a knit. Through bloody flood or field to dash, oh, how unfit. But mark the rustic haggis fed, the trembling earth resounds his tread, clap in his waily neve a bled, he'll mack it whistle, and legs and arms and hands will sned like taps of trissel. Ye powers what make mankind your care, and dish them out their bill of fare, Old Scotland wants nae skink and wear that jobs in luggies. But if ye wish her grateful prayer, give her a haggis! Not a fan of haggis, even after that? Well, how about some rye? Here's Brian Peterson with a Burns poem that inspired J.D. Salinger's novel, Catcher in the Rye. It's called Coming Through the Rye. And we're not talking Scotch whiskey, which is made from barley, but rather a field of rye. You know, the stuff that often is the main ingredient in Canadian whiskey. Coming through the rye, poor body, coming through the rye. She dragged a letter, petticoaty, coming through the rye. Jenny's a what, poor body? Jenny's seldom dry. She dragged a letter, petticoaty, coming through the rye. Gin a body, meet a body, coming through the rye. Gin a body, kiss a body, need a body cry. Gin a body, meet a body, coming through the glen. Gin a body, kiss a body, need the world ken. Jenny's a what poor body, Jenny's seldom dry. She drag a letter, petticoaty, coming through the rye. Now it's time for one of those poems that only gets recited at the best Robbie Burns dinners. It's called Tam O'Shanter and tells the woeful tale of what happens when a fellow gets overserved with too much whiskey, and instead of being home in bed, he tarries a little too long 
at the local pub. Usually, there are two versions of this poem available, one written in Burns's authentic Scottish dialect that only high-minded Scottish Highlanders who studied years of literary pedagogy and so can claim to understand every single syllable, and the one written for the rest of us lowlanders. Here's Kathy Chepesky with Tam Shanter, the lowlander version. When the peddler people leave the streets and thirsty neighbours' neighbours meet, as market days are wearing late and folk begin to take the road home, while we sit boozing strong ale and getting drunk and very happy, we don't think of the long Scots miles, the marshes, waters, steps and stiles that lie between us and our home, where sits our sulky, sullen dame, gathering her brows like a gathering storm, nursing her wrath to keep it warm. This truth finds honest Tamashanter, as he from air one night did canter, old air which never a town surpasses for honest men and bonny lasses. O oh, Tam, had you but been so wise as to have taken your own wife Kate's advice, she told you well you were a waster, a rambling, blustering, drunken boaster, that from November until October, each market day, you were not sober. During each milling period with the miller, you sat as long as you had money for every horse he put a shoe on, the blacksmith and you got roaring drunk on. Then at the Lord's house, even on Sunday, you drank with Kirk and Jean till Monday. She prophesied that late or soon you would be found deep drowned in Dune, or caught by warlocks in the murk by Alloway's old haunted church. Ah, gentle ladies, it makes me cry to think how many counsels sweet, how much long and wise advice the husband from the wife despises. But to our tale. One market night, Tam was seated just right, next to a fireplace blazing finely with creamy ales that drank divinely, and at his elbow, Cobbler Johnny, his ancient, trusted, thirsty crony. Tom loved him like a very brother. They had been drunk for weeks together. The night drove on with songs and clatter, and every ale was tasting better. The landlady and Ham grew gracious with secret favors, sweet and precious. The cobbler told his queerest stories. The landlord's laugh was ready chorus. Outside, the storm might roar and rustle. Tam did not mind the storm a whistle. Care, mad to see a man so happy, even drowned himself in ale, as bees fly home with loads of treasure. The minutes winged their way with pleasure. Kings may be blessed, but Tam was glorious over all the ills of life victorious. But pleasures are like poppies spread. You seize the flower, its bloom is shed. Or like the snow falls on the river, a moment white, then melts forever. Or like the aurora borealis rays that move before you can point to their place. Or like the rainbow's lovely form vanishing amid the storm. No man can tether time or tide. The hour approaches, Tom must ride. That hour of night's black arch, the keystone, that dreary hour he mounts his beast in, and such a night he takes to the road in as never a poor sinner has been out in. The wind blew as if it had blown its last. The rattling showers rose on the blast. The speedy gleams the darkness swallowed. Loud, deep, and long the thunder bellowed. That night a child might understand. The devil had business on his hand. Well mounted on his grey mare Meg, a better never lifted leg, Tom raced on through mud and mire, despising wind and rain and fire, whilst holding fast his good blue bonnet, while crooning over some old Scots sonnet, whilst glowering round with prudent care, lest ghosts catch him unaware. Always church was drawing near, where ghosts and owls nightly cry. 
By this time he was across the ford, where in the snow the peddler got smothered and past the birch trees and the huge stone, where drunken Charlie broke his neck bone, and through the thorns and past the monument where hunters found the murdered child, and near the thorn above the well where Mungo's mother hanged herself. Before him the river dune pours all his floods, the doubling storm roars through the woods, and lightnings flashes from pole to pole, nearer and more nearer the thunder rolls, when glimmering through the groaning trees, always church seemed in a blaze. Through every gap, light beams were glancing, and loud resounded mirth and dancing. Inspiring bold John Barleycorn, what dangers you can make us scorn. With ale we fear no evil, with whiskey we'll face the devil. The ale so swam in Tam's head, fair play he didn't care a farthing for devils. But Maggie stood, right sore astonished, till by the heel and hand admonished, she ventured forward on the light, and vow Tom saw an incredible sight. Warlocks and witches in a dance, no cotillion brand new from France, but hornpipes, jigs, strathspays, and reels put life and metal in their heels. In a window alcove in the east, there sat old Nick in shape of beast, a shaggy dog, black, grim, and large, to give them music was his charge. He screwed the pipes and made them squeal till roof and rafters all did ring. Coffins stood round like open presses that showed the dead in their last dresses, and by some devilish magic slight, each in its cold hand held a light, by which heroic Tom was able to note upon the holy table a murderer's bones in gibbet irons, two span-long small unchristened babies, a thief just cut from his hanging rope, with his last gasp his mouth did gape. Five tomahawks with blood red rusted, five scimitars with murder crusted, a garter with which a baby had strangled, a knife a father's throat had mangled, whom his own son of life bereft, the grey hairs yet stacked to the shaft. With more a horrible and awful, which even to name would be unlawful, three lawyers' tongues turned inside out, sewn with lies like a beggar's cloth. Three priests' hearts, rotten black as muck, lay stinking vile in every nook. As Thomas glowered, amazed and curious, the mirth and fun grew fast and furious. The piper loud and louder blew, the dancers quick and quicker flew. They reeled, they set, they crossed, they linked, till every witch sweated and smelled and cast her ragged clothes to the floor and danced deftly at it in her underskirts. Now Tam, oh Tam, had these been young girls, all plump and strapping in their teens, their underskirts, instead of greasy flannel, been snow-white seventeen hundred linen. The trousers of mine, my only pair, that once were plush of good blue hair, I would have given them off my buttocks for one blink of those pretty girls. But withered hags, old and droll, ugly enough to suckle a foal, leaping and flinging on a stick, it's a wonder it didn't turn your stomach. But Tam knew what was what well enough. There was one winsome jolly wench that night enlisted in the corps, long after known on Carrick shore, for many a beast to dead she shot and perished many a bonny boat, and shook both much corn and barley and kept the countryside in fear. Her short underskirt, a paisley cloth, that while a young lass she had worn, in longitude, though very limited, it was her best, and she was proud." Ah, little knew your reverend grandmother, that underskirt she bought for her little granddaughter, with two Scots pounds it was all her riches, would ever graced a dance of witches. 
But here my tail must stoop and bow. Such words are far beyond her power to sing how Nanny leaped and kicked. A supple youth she was and strong, and how Tom stood like one bewitched and thought his very eyes enriched. Even Satan glowered and fidgeted full of lust and jerked and blew with might and main till first one caper, then another. Tom lost his reason altogether and roars out, Well done, short skirt! And in an instant all was dark, and scarcely had he Maggie rallied when out the hellish legion sallied. As bees buzz out with angry wrath when plundering herds assail their hive, as a wild hare's mortal foes when pop she starts running before their nose, as eager runs the market crowd when catch the thief resounds aloud, so Maggie runs, the witches follow with many an earthly scream and holler. Ah, Tom, ah, Tom, you will get what's coming. In hell they will roast you like a herring. In vain your Kate awaits your coming. Kate soon will be a woeful woman. Now do your speedy utmost, Meg, and beat them to the keystone of the bridge. There you may toss your tail at them, a running stream they dare not cross. But before the keystone she could make, she had to shake a tail at the fiend. For Nanny, far before the rest, hard upon noble Maggie pressed and flew at Tam with furious aim. But little knew she Maggie's mettle. One spring brought off her master's hole, but left behind her own grey tail. The witch caught her by the rump and left poor Maggie scarce a stump. Now who this tale of truth shall read, each man and mother's son take heed. Whenever to drink you are inclined, or short skirts run in your mind, think you may buy joys over dear. Remember Tamashanter's mare. That was a caution. I don't know who's more exhausted, Tam, Kathy, or me. Whatever, on with the show. Something a lot shorter, and shall we say a little more amorous? It's a poem many of you will recognize as the prototype for a lot of those lovey-dovey cards already being bought for that other celebration coming up on February 14th. Here's Carol Peterson with A Red, Red Rose. Oh, my love's like a red, red rose that's newly sprung in June. Oh, my love's like the melody that's sweetly played in tune. As fair art thou, my bonny lass, so deep in love am I, and I will love thee still, my dear, till all the seas gang dry. Till all the seas gang dry, my dear, and the rocks melt with the sun, I will love thee still, my dear, while the sands of life shall run. O oh, fare thee weel, my only love, O oh, fare thee weel a while. And I will come again, my love, though it were ten thousand mile. Time to get back out into those fields worth plowing. Here's another one of those famous Burns's poems seemingly about nothing, but oh, how he makes it so much of it. It's called To a Mouse, on turning her up in her nest with a plow, 1785. It's read by Mark Wormke. We sleek it, curin, timorous beastie, oh, what a panic's in thy breastie. Thou needna start away so hasty with bickering brattle. I would be lathe to rin and chase thee with murdering paddle. 
I'm truly sorry man's dominion has broken nature's social union, and justifies that ill opinion which makes thee startle at me, thy poor earth-born companion and fellow-mortal. I doubt no wiles, but thou may thieve. What then? Poor beastie thou mun live, a daemon icker in a thrave's a small request. I'll get a blessin' with the lave, and never miss it. Thy wee bit housey to in ruin, it silly was the winds are strewin, and nothin' now to big a newin a foggage green, and bleak December's winds ensuin, baith snell and keen. Thou saw the fields laid bare and waste, and weary winter comin fast, and cosy here beneath the blast thou thought to dwell, till crash the cruel colter passed out through thy cell. That wee bit heap o' leaves and stibble has cost thee money a weary nibble. Now thou's turned out for thy trouble, but hoose or hauled to thole the winter's sleety dribble and crannock cold. But mousy, thou art no thy lane, in proving foresight may be vain. The best laid schemes o' mice and men gang after glay, and leas though not but grief and pain for promised joy. Still thou art blessed compared with me, the present only toucheth thee, but ock I backward cast my e on prospects drear, and forward though I canna see, I guess and fear. As we mentioned, Burns is famous for not just reminding us of all that has passed into memory, but he's very good at raising that sad but wonderful feeling we all have when we have to acknowledge the time marches on, and what has passed will never come back again, as when the old year passes away forever. Here's Brian Peterson with Auld Lang Syne. Should old acquaintance be forgot, and never brought to mind, should old acquaintance be forgot, and days old lang syne. For old lang syne, my dear, for old lang syne, will take a cup of kindness yet, for old lang syne. We tae run about the braes, and put the gowans fine, but we wandered many a weary foot, sin old lang syne. We tae paid it to the burn, Pray morning sun till dine, but seas between us, braid have roared, sin old lang syne. And here's my hand, my trusty there, and gies my hand to thine, and we'll take a right gill willy wot for old lang syne. And surely ye be pintest up, and surely I'll be mine, we'll take a cup of kindness yet for old lang syne. For old lang syne, my dear, for old lang syne, we'll take a cup of kindness yet, for old lang syne. Here's another one of those wonderful Burns lyrics, now world famous, that was initially set to music with a melody once heard that can rarely be forgotten. We can't play that music for you today, but here are the original lyrics as Burns meant them to be heard. It's read by Kathy Chapesky. Ye banks and braes a bonny dune, how can ye bloom so fresh and fair? How can ye chant, ye little birds, and I so weary full of care? Thou'lt break my heart, thou warbling bird, that wantons through the flowering thorn. Thou minds me a departed joys, departed never to return. Aft I roved by bonny dune to see the rose and woodbine twine, and ilka bird sang out's love, and fondly so did I a mine. 
with lightsome heart, I pulled a rose, full sweet upon its thorny tree, and my false lover stole my rose. But ah, he left the thorn with me. The Scots are notorious for a lot of things, and after the taste of haggis, the kick of single malt and the screel of the bagpipes, there's something usually to be said about how the Scots practice their religion. Here's Rob Filikowski with Holy Willie's Prayer. O thou, what in the heavens dost dwell, what as it pleases best thyself, sends end to heaven and tend to hell, ah, for thy glory, and know for any good or ill they've done afore thee. I bless and praise thy matchless might, one thousands thou hast left in night, that I am here afore thy sight, for gifts and grace, a burning and a shining light to all this place. What was I, or my generation, that I should get exultation? I what deserve sick just damnation for broken laws, five thousand years for my creation through Adam's cause. When fray me mother's womb I fell, the mighty plunged me in hell to gnash my gums, to weep and wail in burning lake, where damned devils roar and yell, chained to a stake. Yet I am here a chosen sample, to show thy grace is great and ample. I'm here a pillar in thy temple, strong as a rock, a guide, a buckler, an example to all thy flock. But yet, lo, confess I must, at times I'm fashed with fleshly lust, and sometimes too with worldly trust, vile self gets in. But thou remembers, we are dust, defiled in sin. O Lord, yestreen thou kens, with Meg, thy pardon I sincerely beg. O may it ne'er be a living plague to my dishonor, and I'll ne'er lift a lawless leg again upon her. Besides, I further man allow, with Lizzie's lass, three times I trow. But, Lord, that Friday I was foul when I came near her, or else thou kens thy servant true would ne'er have steered her. Maybe thou lets this fleshly thorn reset thy servant in and mourn, lest he o'er high and proud should turn, cause he's, say, gifted. If, say, thy hand moun ain be born, until thou lifted. Lord, bless thy chosen in this place, for here thou hast a chosen race. But God confound their stubborn face and blast their name, what bring thy elders to disgrace and public shame. Lord, mind gone Hamilton's deserts. He drinks and swears and plays at carts, yet has same money taken arts with grit and smay. Frey God's ain priests, the people's hearts he steals away. And when we chastened him, therefore, thou kens how he bred sick a splore, as set the world in a roar, O oh, laughing at us. Curse thou his basket and his store, kale and potatoes. Lord, hear my earnest cry and prayer against the presbytery of air, 
Thy strong right hand, Lord, make it bear upon their heads. Lord, weigh it down, and in a spare for their misdeeds. O Lord my God, that glib-tongued Achan, my very heart and soul are quaking to think how we stood groaning, shaken, and sweat with dread, while owled with hinging lips gaed sneaking, and hung his head. Lord, in the day of vengeance, try him. Lord, visit them what did employ him, and pass not in thy mercy by him, nor hear their prayer. But for thy people's sake, destroy him, and dinna spare. But, Lord, remember me and mine, with mercies temporal and divine, that I for gear and grace may shine, Excelled by name, and ah, the glory shall be thine. Amen. Amen. Of course, Willie one day would meet his maker, and so Burns took the opportunity to compose a second poem on Willie's behalf. Here's Mark Wormkey with Epitaph on Holy Willie. Here Holy Willie's sair-worn clay takes up its last abode. His soul has ta'en some other way, I fear the left-hand road. Stop, there he is, as sure as a gun, poor silly body see him. Nay wonder he's as black's the grun, observe with standin' whim. Your brun-stained devilship, I see, has got him there before ye, but hand your nine-tailed cat a wee, till ants you've heard my story. Your pity I will not implore, for pity ye hae nane. Justice, alas, has given him o'er, and mercy's day is gain. But hear me, sir, Dell, as you are, look something to your credit. A coof like him would stain your name, if it were Ken you did it. Whether Willie got a blast from heaven or hell, nobody quite knows. But what we do know is that Scotland can sometimes be a very cold place. Here's another poem where, like his appreciation for haggis or a mouse, or even a louse, he takes a crack at winter with the O Wert Thou in the Cold Blast, read by Rob Filbikowski. O Wert Thou in the Cold Blast, on yonder lee, on yonder lee, my plady to the angry earth, I'd shelter thee, I'd shelter thee. Or did misfortune's bitter storms around thee blow, around thee blow, thy beeld should be my bosom, to share it all, to share it all. Or were I in the wildest waste, saw black and bare, say black and bare, the desert were a paradise, if thou wert there, if thou wert there. Or were I monarch of the globe, with thee terrain, with thee terrain, the brightest jewel in my crown would be my queen, would be my queen. If that didn't quite do it for you, meaning that it felt more like a Scottish cold than the sort of cold we get up here in the valley, where even polar bears refuse to roam on account of how cold it can get, here's Mark Wernke with a poem to shiver your timbers. It's simply called Winter Dirge. The wintry west extends his blast, and hail and rain does blah, or the stormy north sends driving forth the blinding sleet and snaw. While tumbling brown, the burn comes down and roars for a bank to bray, and bird and beast in covert rest and pass the heartless day. The sweeping blast, the sky o'ercast, 
the joyless winter day, let others fear to me more dear than all the pride of May. The tempest's howl, it soothes my soul, my griefs it seems to join. The leafless trees my fancy please, their fate resembles mine. Thou power supreme, whose mighty scheme these woes of mine fulfill. Here firm I rest, they must be blessed, because they are thy will. Then all I want, O oh, do thou grant this one request of mine, since to enjoy thou dost deny, assist me to resign. Lest you think that Robbie Burns lacks the courage to take on the big fish, here is one of those great Burns poems that only professional actors dare take on. Luckily for us, we have one. Here's Graham Conwin with Addressed to the Devil. Oh, Prince, oh, Chief of many throned powers that led them battled seraphim to war. O oh, thou, whatever title suit thee, old horny Satan, neck or clouty, what in yon cavern grim and sooty, closed under hatches, spurges about the brunstain cutie to scod poor wretches. Hear me, old hangy, for a wee, and let poor damned bodies be. I'm sure small pleasure it can gee, e'en to a dale, to scalp and scard poor dogs like me, and hear a squeal. Great is thy power and great thy fame, far kenned and noted is thy name, and though yon lowen hues thy hame, thou travels far, and faith thou's neither lag nor lame, nor blate nor scour. Whiles ranging like a roaring lion, for prey ah holes and corners trying. Whiles on the strong-winged tempest flying, turning the kirks. Whiles in the human bosom prying, unseen thou lurks. I've heard my reverend granny say, in lanely glens you like to stray, or where old ruined castles grey nod to the moon, you fright the nightly wanderer's way with eldritch croon. When twilight did my granny summon to say her prayers, douce honest woman, after yon the dyke she's heard you bummin wi eerie droon, or rustlin through the boor trees comin wi heavy groan. Ay, dreary, windy winter night. The star shot down with squinting light. Wi you myself I got a fright, ayon the loch. Ye like a rash bus stood in sight wi waving sue. The cudgel in my neve did shake. Each bristled hair stood like a stake. When we an eldritch stood. Among the springs, away you squattered like a drake on whistling wings. Let warlocks grim and withered hags tell how were you on ragweed nags. They skimmed the muirs and dizzy crags with wicked speed, and in kirkyards renew their legs or hawk it dead. Dense country wives with toil and pain may plunge and plunge the cairn in vain. For all the yellow treasures ta'en by witch and skill, and dotted twelve point hockey's gain as yells the bill. 
Vince Mystic Knots make great abuse on young Guidemen, Fond, Keen and Cruz when the best work loom in the house by cantrip wit is instant made not worth a loose just at the bit. When thaws dissolve the snowy hoard and float the jingling icy board then water kilpies haunt the ford by your direction and nighted travellers are allured to their destruction. And after moss travers and spunkies decoy the white that lay and drunkies, the bleeze and cursed mischievous monkeys delude his eyes, till in some miry sloth he sunk his ne'er mar to rise. When Mason's mystic ward and grip in storms and tempest raise you up, some cock or cat your rage mon stop, or strange to tell, the youngest breather you would whip off straight to hell. Langsine. In Eden's bonny yard, when youthful lovers first were paired, and all the soul of love they shared, the raptured hour, sweet on the fragrant flowery sward, in shady bower. Then you, ye old snick-drawn dog, ye came to paradise incog, and played on man a cursed brogue, black be your far. And gied the infant world a shog, me strewned ah. Do you mind that day, when in a biz, with reekit duds and reestick giz, you did present your smooty fizz, men bitter folk, and sclented on the man of ooze your spiteful joke. And how ye gat him me your thrall, and brack him out a house and hall, while scabs and blotches did him gall with bitter claw. And lost his ill-tongued wicked score was worst of all. But are your doons to rehearse your wily snares and fight and fears, so that they Michael you did pierce down to this time with ding a wallen tongue, or airs in prose or rhyme? And now, old clutes, I ken you're thinking a certain bardie's ranting, drinking. Some luckless hour will send him Lincoln to your black pit. But faith, he'll turn a corner jinkin' and cheat you yet. But fear you will, old Nicky Ben. Oh, would you take a thought and men? Ye Ablins might, I dinna ken, still hay a stake. I'm way to think upon yon den, even for your sake. It's always amazing talking to people who only speak English after hearing that poem. They swear they understood its meaning without necessarily understanding every word. Well, if that's you, congratulations. You won't need Ancestry.com to tell you that you've got some Scottish DNA. Up next, now that your ear is all tuned up, here is Rob Filipkowski with Cuthahuse to the News. I know, I know. It sounds goofy, but trust me. You've got this. Car the yo's to the nose, car them where the heather grows, car them where the burnie rose, my bonny dearie. Hark, the mavis the evening sang, sounding Cluden's woods amang, then a falden let us gang, my bonny dearie. We'll gae down by Cluden's side, through the hazel spreadin' wide, o'er the waves that sweetly glide to the moon say clearly. Yonder Cluden's silent towers, 
where at moonshine midnight hours o'er the dewy bending flowers fairies dance say cheery gaist nor bogle shalt thou fear thou'rt to love and heaven say dear nocht of ill may come thee near my bonnie dearie fair and lovely as thou art thou hast stone my very heart i can die but cannot part my bonnie dearie we couldn't end today's show without giving you one last love poem that perhaps best epitomizes all the joy and wonder of robbie burns's artistry it's about a young girl who comes down the mountain to beat a brave young lad who wants to woo her but who she seriously mistrusts and well let's just let kathy chapesky tell you the rest Last May a bra wooer came down the Langlen, and Sewer's love he did deave me. I said there was nothing I hated like men. The deuce gave whim to believe me, believe me, the deuce gave whim to believe me. He spacker the darts in my bonny black een, and vowed for my love he was deen. I said he might dee when he liked for Jean. The Lord forgive me for lean, for lean, the Lord forgive me for lean. A wheel-stocked malin himself for the laird, and marriage off-hand were his proffers. I never lut on that I kenned it or cared, but thought I might have war offers, war offers, but thought I might have war offers. But what would you think in a fortnight or less, the deal take his taste to go near her? He up the lang loan to my black cousin Bess. Guess ye how the jod I could bear her, could bear her. Guess ye how the jod I could bear her. But ah, the next week I fretted with care. I go to the tryst a Delgarnock. And what but my fine fickle lover was there? I glowered as I'd seen a warlock, a warlock. I glowered as I'd seen a warlock. But o'er my left shoulder I gave him a blink. Less neighbors might say I was saucy. My wooer he capered as he'd been in drink, and vowed I was his dear lassie, dear lassie, and vowed I was his dear lassie. I speared for my cousin, Fukuthi and sweet, can she had recovered her hearin, and how her new shoon fit her old shackled feet, but heavens how he fell a swearin, a swearin, but heavens how he fell a swearin. He begged for good sake I would be his wife, or else I would kill him with sorrow. So e'en to preserve the poor body in life. I think I mun wed him tomorrow, tomorrow. I think I mun wed him tomorrow. That poem was called Last May of Reur. We know your ear and eye and heart were all attuned to what was being said. No need to translate. We hope you enjoyed exploring some of Robbie Burns's finest works, and though all those poems are now over 225 years old, many of us here at the Apiango line think of them as fresh as a daisy, yet to be born this coming May, when we hope the pandemic will be gone and all our brave young lads can see those young, dark-eyed ladies again coming down from the highlands. I'm Kristen Marshand, and for Kathy Chapesky, Graham Conway, Rob Filipkowski, Brian and Carol Peterson, Mark Wormke, and our producer, Barry Conway, we hope you find a bit of haggis and some single malt this coming January 25th, and so can raise the glass to the late, great Robbie Burns. Good day, and God bless.